Welcome to Dumb Dives. Join me, Pranav, and my close friend Arvind as we dip our toes in the kiddie pools of technology and philosophy and explore the backroads of society. Welcome to Dumb Dive. I'll be your host Pranav and I'm Arvind. And I want to start today's episode by talking about the cred ad that came out recently. I think it's 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 for the IPL season, right? With uh, Dravid this is the one where dravid like they show rahul dravid uh the batsman who is like insanely well known for being just like the calmest guy on the field at all times and they show him just like <laughs> breaking side mirrors <laughs> i think that was the funniest part yeah yeah, yeah. he's a vic- victim of road rage and gets insanely pissed off and starts breaking stuff so that's like a side of him that we would never expect to see but you never know it might actually be how he is in real life yeah and so i kind of want to get to you know why the ad took off the way it did which is the fact that they've put him they've put a celebrity like rahul dravid in a situation which is completely against his you know persona his public persona and like another 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 ad that kind of caught my eye recently was the swiggy ad like we've we've always seen that one grandpa you know order gulab jamun after yeah. like his meals or something and and then like there's a recent ad that came out where he's you know like i've been typecast as the gulab jamun nana and like it's it's <laughs> you know it's a it's a pain and the the ad kind of ends with someone offering him a gulab jamun and him just looking at the person like dude what yeah. why <laughs> so so the the point i'm getting to with both of these ads is this idea of humanization in you know marketing itself like most successful ad campaigns have this element of humanization they tie into a relatable or very clear emotion that everyone can you know understand they they've experienced it or they know someone who's experienced it intimately uh things like right. you know the moomita karo campaign that you know dairy milk runs you know it's 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 a thing it's a, it's a thing of ce- celebration um it's it's just that you know it ties um, into yeah. it ties into good times essentially um things like kingfisher you know branding themselves as a lifestyle um, right but you before know, you get into that you call it humanization of the brand like so that's so so humanization that's, in the sense of you know it's 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 an impersonal entity a corporate entity right but they they they're pushing their product or service as a as being integral to certain emotional moments a certain what what i would say are human moments so things like young love or celebrating a festival or you know a birthday or something with with your with your loved ones with close friends and family um road rage is a humanizing element as well like like everyone gets pissed off right yeah in the case of the swiggy ad we all know uh, a person like that like especially an elderly person who has like the strong sugar cravings and just craves gulab yeah. jamun or some other sweet like and they kind of get typecast into oh that tata always wants or that nana always yeah, wants yeah, yeah, sweet exactly. and then and then they're like okay no we don't always want it it's just we like it you know yeah Yeah, yeah. So so that that's kind of what I mean by humanization. It's an impersonal corporate entity and usually good ads or or I wouldn't say good because I don't think I'm qualified enough to make those kind of judgments. But successful campaigns, you know, they're usually tied into humanizing elements. They they try and push the service or their product as being integral to certain moments in your life. 
right um, and so when you have those moments in your life we sort of like think we, we've almost been like programmed to think of that brand and perhaps we would actually like prefer to use that brand like say if you're celebrating you might go for kingfisher or if if you're just craving that sort of a random like late night sweet you might just open up swiggy and order something and think of that uh th- that old man yeah, in the yeah. commercials yeah 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 so I, i mean i wouldn't go so far as to say something like programming per se i think that's you know that kind of gets into a bit of a negative kind of connotation <laughs> sure. no but but definitely like we we start associating um brands right, with that's a better know, word. so yeah 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 we associate them um and i so from this i just kind of want to get into you know the the idea of marketing on social media specifically because i think television and radio and most of uh, most other forms of media they were very well explored for a long time most people kind of have hacked how to advertise on tv on radio in print all of that but um social media i think just because of how interactive a medium it is like people can directly interact with a brand's you know public relations or whatever whoever's running the social media pages people can directly interact with them in a way right and there's further layer of anonymity that comes about so it's a bit more difficult to really understand marketing on social media than it is you know on television and stuff where once you run an ad the interaction you get is more of feedback rather than like a direct immediate interaction whereas running social media campaigns often rely on direct interaction like for an example there were there are like a couple of really funny failed um uh failed campaigns i would say that i think of so one is um a mcdonald's campaign where it was a make your own burger and they allowed the internet you know free roam or or not free roam they allowed free access to like make the burger however you want to name it whatever that's the one thing that i feel like everyone needs to understand that don't allow the internet to choose <laughs> don't feed uh, the trolls man <laughs> don't, don't give them an open the poll and ask them to pick the name or uh, some sort of other decision that your company is going to make yeah yeah just don't It's... give the public real decisions make a poll make a poll polls are usually no. if you're doing like, a poll it it should be a closed poll yeah like, yeah closed uh, one, obviously i'm not talking an open one absolutely not oh god open polls are horrifying and that's not even counting brands like just on twitter alone they're pretty bad why people didn't learn this after boti make boat face i i why can't pe- comprehend i mean okay so so getting back to the mcdonald's thing like obviously if you give people free range to name and design a burger however they want it's going there's going to be really degenerate stuff you know like the, like i don't even want to name half of the <laughs> half of the things i've seen on that so that's one example and the second is um this durex uh this durex sos app that was supposed to come out like i think in 2015 or something like that Th- that's the one that they tried out in dubai Yeah, they tried have... in Dubai of all places. One and second, they oh, had wait, wait, an open hold up, poll. Hold up, explain explain what it is before you get oh, into it. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. So the Durex SOS thing is basically um, on the app. You signal when you need a condom, and someone will discreetly be disguised as like a pizza delivery guy or someone, and they'll like slip you a condom in your time of need. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny as a concept really <laughs> it, it, it really does sound like a prank it's you it's hard it sounds, for me to believe that they actually like, had yeah. a, 
a group of people at a company come up with this as a solution yes and and so they test benched it uh, tested it in dubai which is like one not a really good place to test content <laughs> delivery services no like, but it also makes sense for maybe as a like uh, yeah i guess it's just a sort of conservative mindset yeah, but yeah, yeah. also exactly. somewhat open to actually want to try a mobile app like what's this like 5 years ago maybe mm. more yeah yeah i don't i think maybe now it might have it might be a little more open now but back i mean 5 years ago like things have changed a lot in 5 years right so i think 5 6 years back is when this ad campaign ran and so so getting getting aside from the dubai thing so then they wanted to open it in like johannesburg and like a bunch of other big cities um so across across the world uh but but you know they wanted the internet to decide the first location where they'd open up or like start actually you know doing this as a service and the internet chose this i know the answer to this one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead <laughs> batman turkey <laughs> it's a conservative a- small village town in turkey from what i know and it never rolled I mean, out there I mean, of course it's, yeah yeah it's more of just like they gave the audience the ability to pick any city in the world yeah yeah they left it open essentially and it's not even like you, you don't like want to for, do that for people yeah. to pick their own city which yeah exactly it's not even like voting for your own city or, or like having a list of 5 6 major cities they let people just enter the cities they wanted and that that kind of you know I, there was another one where taylor swift like i will perform at the at the you know the school that wins the most votes in like some facebook poll and it was a school for the deaf that won so Oh my god. I mean I I mean I'm not saying they don't deserve entertainment but sending a musician to the school for the deaf. Uh, the, like there is a there is a contradiction there isn't there? Yeah, but perhaps there's something to it. Well, like yeah, I mean sending a celebrity there, you know, letting them meet meet someone like larger than life sure. That's that's definitely yeah, great. And, and there's also there's also signed concerts. like there's oh, there's right, sign right, language right. interpreters yeah, yeah, yeah. to concerts so yeah. I, like it might That's actually true. be a, like an incredible experience for them so it might. perhaps perhaps but, accidentally but that was like I, a, yeah, that's a story that's like a really heartwarming story of like acceptance and inclusion right. but still the general idea yeah yeah the general idea definitely was oh ha ha taylor swift big musician let's troll her by sending her to a school for the deaf yeah like i'm sure that was like the the overwhelming thing um but yeah so basically a lot of a lot of brands a lot of campaigns weren't able to really hack social media for a, for quite some time they weren't able to get the gist of how to run campaigns which is why there's n number of case studies of failed failed uh, social media marketing campaigns failed uh, stories essentially but um one of the few big brands that got it that really got how to do social media was wendy's I won't at say least, that yeah, especially in the early stage like they were like yeah yeah like, this is a few Absolutely. years ago at least right yeah i'm talking like maybe 2015 2016 again around the same time right yeah um so i won't say that the first but they were definitely one of the few brands that did it best just by letting the brand itself take a human kind of interaction with fans with other you know brands that were promoting deals and so on like if burger king had a 4 for 1 deal wendy's like you know you're not even getting food what the f- you know like yeah, it was and, it was sassy was, on twitter right oh yeah this was all visible public interaction between 
two brands on Twitter and it came across as you know two two actual people having you know like uh, I I don't know if it was friendly or not but definitely having a fight <laughs> you know yeah. on Twitter I think there was there was a very famous uh thing of Wendy calling Wendy's like the Twitter handle saying your mom's a <laughs> like Denny's or some shit Yeah there was But, no censorship there was none of yeah, that yeah, normal absolutely. things that we expect from a brand when they're doing advertisement and and public media because right. like it, they were just being all out incredibly sassy like no holds barred like anyone says something like their immediate reply or response was an insult and yeah, it's sort like of like a comeback in some way yeah yeah, yeah a comeback and insult or roast a joke like that just like made people get more and more sort of like attracted and interested in what they're trying to do here right instead of like what brands traditionally thought that if they were to do something like this people would like really shun that type of language that type of behavior and and it would be like a horror story for the for the brand's image itself. i think it's also more to do with the kind of distance that brands have just by virtue of being a corporate entity by virtue of being you know regulated in a certain way um you economically mean distance in terms of culture from what yeah, the people actually yeah, yeah, are like yeah, and yeah, what yeah. they want yeah yeah like a impersonal kind of thing right like it's like it's like um it's like talking to someone you only know professionally versus talking to a person you know at work but who is also a friend like like you get mm. that right like yeah. someone who's only professional you have a certain closed off kind of behavior with them mm-hmm. whereas whereas if you have a friend who's working in the same place as you like sure at work there's a certain kind of professionalism but you will keep slipping jokes and insults to each other like that's just yeah. that's just how we act right and so so a lot of brands started using humor and like this relatability thing of like putting out memes and stuff in a certain way Uh, I think there was there was a few of like um Capri Sun talking about depression through memes and just you know making it like a relatable thing. Capri Sun like, is just like a fruit juice. Yeah 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 but like I don't I don't know how this happened mm-hmm. but like you know there was like a series of tweets about depression or something that they'd done. But like yeah so brands started using a lot more of like direct interaction with each other as well as with an audience. and i think the bleed over of that is still happening like you see a lot of brands directly interacting with an audience now for feedback for campaigns for anything hi this is arvind from the future doing a quick fact check the brand that did the mental health awareness campaign on twitter was in fact stake arms not capri sun back to the show yeah um, and it's not just interacting with the audience uh, like asking for such feedback and things like that but also actually building a personality so you know yeah uh, if you there's a certain the, way that certain brands will respond yeah if you go to the others. wendy's account you know that they're going to be sassy you might get roasted if you say something stupid yeah. if you go to uh, kfc you can expect something slightly off kilter something like a bit bizarre that they're going to attempt and a lot more targeted at gamers kfc itself like they have an entire like I'm not sure if they're a registered company but they just have an entire social media presence for KFC gaming 
where yeah. they've built an audience oh uh, of gamers and people interested in gaming and technology. They had they've, an air fryer that also doubled up as a gaming PC or a gaming console. Or yeah, or, or you could say the other way, where it's a, like a complete oh, right, yeah. gaming gaming computer with a like gaming uh, rig that also can the place where we would yeah, where we used to be able to put a CD drive or a hard disk. <laughs> You can put like a small air fryer or, or something to keep your food warm. So they they've just done a lot of things that you just never expect anyone to want or anyone to any they brand to actually. They built a dating simulator concept. with Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. like what I was trying to say is you you have these brands and you know that they have a personality, yeah. which makes it easier for people to interact with them not just as brands and like giving them feedback like you went to a restaurant you didn't like something and you just want to complain or maybe you like something and you want to you want to give them props for it but like it's right. very different from that this is more about like uh actually building a personality and like actually being able to interact yeah yeah and not like just truly, on a professional level yeah building a like a legit relationship with them yeah. like the same way you would with another person yeah with someone else on twitter exactly like it feels yeah. like there is a human behind the behind the brand itself rather than just a brand with someone managing the tweets you know right yeah um so 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 basically the the reason we kind of went into this um dive of sorts this dumb dive exactly <laughs> is is to talk about um this idea of the social currency of memes and i don't mean memes as like this this joking thing a meme is essentially a sociological concept of any small bit of information that is easily digestible and easily spreadable that's that's the essential part of it and it gets in like the word has a, a variety of applications and it was coined by uh, richard dawkins if i remember or like it was yeah, yeah something like that but it's a Dawkins yeah. in the 70s so it's yeah. like way before the way internet before, way before yeah. a lot of how we use it right now so yeah exactly would you say like i i don't know how much of an understanding of memes itself you have like the 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 academic definition of it but oh no no i don't have a deep a, understanding or anything is it like like say is a meme just a holder of culture like a unit of culture like no the, no 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 a meme it it can be a biological thing it it's biological sociological psychological it's any small bit of information that's easily reproduced and passed that's it okay so across any field so the way the way it works on the internet is just memes are small audio clips small video clips um images that are just copy pasted or you know forwarded or shared and it so they're easily reproduced that's mm-hmm. it but but there is a social currency to them like like very often memes are a driving force behind um behind basically popularity of a certain sort behind developing a following and, and we see that in music we see that in a ton of um like especially currently we see that in how tiktok has kind of taken off and giving certain artists the platforms they have right um, so some songs just like become trends up. whether whether it's that they paired with the dance or some other sort of video phenomenon where people right. all try to make a video of a similar sort of template if i can i can't think of a better word they use that song in the background and then for because every time that video is being played uh, another person makes a video using that song the artist it counts as a stream more, more right yeah yeah 
so there's that um the you remember look at me by xxx tentacion right like again for context the xxx tentacion was a huge well, fairly big rapper couple of years back he died tragically but the the point is his breakout song was look at me and it kind of got huge just because of the cover being a 12 year old smoking a cigar or a blunt or whatever Mm-hmm. and that 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 meme image itself kind of just led to like the breakout success of that song right so there's a lot so of examples of that for there's sure there's tons of examples so the the point uh, the point that i want to get to is essentially this idea of social currency it's it's just interesting to see how deeply this concept of memeing as 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 both the sociological information exchange kind of thing as well as our current use of you know a meme is just something funny that we share to our friends right like both 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 connotations have such a huge role to play in terms of marketing in terms of building a personality online in terms of building a rapport with people it's it's pretty interesting so when you're tying it back to the brands and their personality the brands that are most capable and most able to create a sort of like uh like use these memes in their advantage to gain more attention and also spread the word that they're trying to get through so if they want to advertise for a new product they have the ability to use what's trending right now and ride off that wave so it might be there might be some other meme that's completely unrelated to them but being uh, shared a lot at this moment and they might just like use that but right. in the they context of their product yeah so that's yeah. one way they could do the other the is other just is just like, starting it right like they start exactly. their own meme yeah like 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 not to harp on about the same point but wendy's really did do quite a bit like in the early days at least at least in like mm-hmm. 2016 no brand had really gone so all out in developing the image of a sassy high schooler which is you know what the mascot of wendy's is right like a young girl around whatever and it it's so interesting to see how they're able to meme themselves both by using the mascot as inspiration as well as you know building a persona that goes with it like it's a it's i think a bi-directional kind of influence that they had in, in that day Um right. I I mean I don't know about now I haven't followed the Wendy's Twitter handle for a while but and also I think one thing that we need to talk about is that we are particularly impressed by some of these brands yeah. because they come off as like pretty genuine or at least they started off like that I, and like it didn't time, seem like, forced it, right like yeah yeah like, I think yeah. that's why was... that's why the Wendy's thing really really took off um amongst mm-hmm. like a lot of our kind of people clued into memes and stuff right like It exactly it's genuine it's something that almost every brand is, has tried out in the past or is trying out online yeah, now yeah and and some but, of them are able to pull it off really well but some but most of them are not like still it's very clear to people like whether it's who are, yeah. it's very easy for someone who's in that internet culture who's younger and like just used to it to be able to recognize when someone's faking it and when it's just a bunch of older corporate type people just trying sitting in a boardroom trying to fake yeah. yeah trying to fake and figure out what is cool but end up completely butchering it and it not hitting the right audience right. at all 
versus someone who's like they they clearly know that okay we should give the social media handle to someone who's a bit more clued in you know who like exactly. understands memes who understands interactions and so on like there's very clearly a social social currency that's developed brands that are able to make an impact on social media often do it through the through memes through you know humorous interaction through actually developing a persona and i think that's that's kind of the role memes are starting to play you know like like beyond just being funny haha things they're developing a personality yeah and there's a a, a role of humor to be used to share the sort of idea that you want to get across because if you want someone to to look at your content whether it's an advertisement or whether it's genuine like other forms of entertainment content or uh, even information content you need yeah. to make it so interesting so funny or just like trendy in different ways that it captures the attention especially of the younger audience who's like constantly like moving around looking at different types of content and if it's if it's not interesting they're just going to skip past it yeah so i mean i wouldn't necessarily say you know it has to be trendy or whatever but it has there, to be there, interesting in some way yeah That's it has to be some bit. level of interest and i think humor is often the most digestible way of building interest you know i yeah. won't say it's the easiest i think you know it's really tough to craft a good joke or to like make yourself funny but it's also like if it pays off it pays off big like M- it, much more than a well-crafted series type of yeah exactly uh, uh, like content like, or advertisement or uh, science information or and and you know memes themselves developing this personality developing this kind of double use it spreads further than just brands it becomes a way for people on the internet itself to have actual discourse to you know share their views on a variety of issues like i've honestly found myself when i when i did have my facebook account and i was on like a bunch of groups i found myself in you know either arguments or you know genuine discussions where a lot of points were made by memes right. either by that either like supported our point or undercut the opponent's point or just kind think, of added to it in some way yeah i think what you're talking about especially with the uh, facebook and these like groups of like s- extremely niche communities uh where people are interested in a certain topic and then like shit posts right or like meme about that mm-hmm. topic in in different ways so the, there are groups that are interested in things r- ranging from like paleontology to uh urbanism and urban development and uh corporate posting shout out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but so yeah, yeah, yeah. so when when you're a part of these groups whether you are an active researcher or someone working in their field or just someone on the outside who's interested or curious in it there's a lot of genuine discourse that's happening through jokes so someone might make a make a joke about something that's very hot in the community right now some some new finding in research something controversial that's happening and to all the people who aren't plugged into that that ecosystem or that environment of knowledge suddenly all of this is a lot more accessible to them because through jokes you really sort of dumb it down and open it up for discussion with a lot more people because it's not that hard to access the information exactly memes actually i think we're being a bit meta because memes are dumb dives in themselves you know <laughs> <laughs> 
um no so 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 like like just as an example to add to what you said like i i would say i'm like a casual buff of paleontology like i follow i follow like a few of the big research papers that come out and so on and one of the big findings i think was um the tail of a spinosaurus and for was that the for, one where it's like a spiral no 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 i think that was um that was like a type of shark its teeth was like its teeth were in right, like right, a right, wall right. or something yeah um but but so the spinosaurus like this was i think the first big fossil of a spinosaurus that was found in a while that like a complete kind of thing and so like it completely changed the imagining of a spinosaurus and for a long time the community on uh one on like the paleontology group that i was part of they memed it to death because it got people to read the research paper it got a lot of people who were interested to read the paper and like they themselves started developing memes to further spread the knowledge it it was really really interesting and um just to again use this this thing of memes themselves being a way of spreading knowledge there's there's this weaponization that happened i think during the first elections between trump and hillary where like a lot of channels that follow that 24 hour news cycle like i think fox news and so on mm-hmm. memes were weaponized to spread like you know like like um pepe being the like pepe is like this Be- green frog who's you often mean like just when 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 you say weaponized do you mean that they're intentionally being created to to target certain groups no no to- no i'm saying that they're being appropriated to attack the foundation of the 24 hour news cycle like i don't think anyone in the right mind would look at a green frog and say oh yeah that's a hate symbol but in a 24 hour news cycle where the entire point is finding news and sensationalizing it to get ratings to get viewership things like that are just so easy because a lot of news channels or i won't say a lot but in a 24 hour news cycle it's very easy to spread misinformation because you don't have the time to do your own research before putting out news so if it looks credible or seems like you know it is a thing you're going to put it out but you actually make a make an interesting point about memes being a sort of uh means to that sounds hard to say memes being a means to distribute <laughs> yeah. uh misinformation because mm. yeah yeah you don't have references most of them are images or videos it's hard to look up the information I mean, you can obviously look it up but it's not immediately there on, on on your screen when you see it yeah it's it's very context specific yeah yeah it's not that hard to make an image or video look like you, everyone's being serious and genuine about a topic oh yeah uh, like like so, um you know this you know about the sam hyde uh, thing i do not Oh so there's a comedian called Sam Hyde. Um I think like his political beliefs aside some of his early stuff was really funny. He had like a series on Adult Swim. And I think there was like a, a viral photo of him posing with a couple of guns. You know, not a big deal. Um but then you know people started sending out me the, this this one photo of him holding, you know, a couple of guns to news outlets saying this is the notorious mass shooter Sam Hyde. he can't keep getting away with this that's the source of the he can't keep getting away with this meme that's why people okay. keep reposting his face so so obviously like literally a 2 second google search would tell you like oh this guy's a comedian but news channels ran with it 
Mm. And you know there were headlines of this. There were ne- there were headlines of the notorious hacker Fortune, which again, a two second Google search and you would realize it's a forum, where you post yep. stuff. It's yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. a hacker, right? It's a complete lack of research. And you know these kind of memes, the thing of this green frog image of Pepe being used as this call to arms for a right wing group, and really it's not. It it's it's just a meme. There's really nothing else beyond it. Like a lot of this, while it like while I'm not denying that there may have been smaller sub subcultures, smaller sections on those websites using them in this way, the most part they were used to poke fun at the fact that 24 hour news cycles don't allow people to do research, or you know for them to get aware about things like this. You don't have the time for it. So, do you think that there's a, a way that we could use technology or just a different pattern of uh, sharing these that would make it easier to avoid misinformation? Mm. That depends on what kind of misinformation we're talking. Are we talking about you know like people like you and me spreading a meme as you know an ironic thing? Like no, I, I, was, I know, I was actually thinking like because uh, Twitter and Facebook have been doing a lot of work into this because like the fact checking, like, the fact checking, yeah, thing, exactly, right? fact checking, yeah. right? So even if you were to post a picture that mentions COVID or the vaccine or anything yeah, related yeah. to the to the current pandemic online, like they are pretty pretty great at being able to detect that you're talking about these things and have a disclaimer along with links to information from the who or other local bodies so there are some steps that are happening obviously there have been misclassifications and things that cause even more misunderstanding but uh, i think that perhaps these sort of steps might help reduce that uh, possibility of misinformation that's so they res- they may reduce the possibility but the 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 thing is these disclaimers don't often work on the people who will post memes of that sort because a lot of people who do post you know covid truthing memes you know shit like you know five, the 5g thing causes coronavirus 5G and, causes COVID. yeah things like that people who do post idiocy like that they genuinely do believe it i, right. I i'm not saying all of them i'm i mean i'm sure there's tons of people who would have reposted stuff like that as ironically you know right. like like so that's one thing you know irony and sarcasm they don't get understood the best unless you know the context behind it like like there've been n number of you know serious arguments that have just started off as someone not understanding a meme because, and then just uh, taking it out of you know out of being proportion. sarcastic online like just expressing sarcasm and understanding that someone is expressing sarcasm you don't have to a lot of understanding of that person yeah like over video it becomes a lot easier because you have the you have the thing of body language and tone to indicate sarcasm but right. over text and comments and memes it becomes really difficult unless you're willing to like seriously push your meme to the point or or push your con- comments and stuff to the point of you know like like point of absurdity in a sense like it just becomes like oh there's no way they actually believe this it has to be funny it has to be a joke kind of thing um so that's 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 one thing like misinformation through irony is a serious issue right because you can't have tone or you don't have an easy recognition of tone the way you would when you're speaking like like when 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 i talk like this to you 
if i'm being sarcastic about something it comes across pretty easily relatively like just, yes yeah like compared to like comments yeah but but like it comes across in the tone of my voice itself exactly whereas like again over text if i typed out something sarcastic it may not immediately come through to you mm-hmm. i mean like not you specifically i think we have in a shared context that way to understand when we're being sarcastic versus when we're being serious but to to someone else on the internet um who who i may be acquainted with but like who doesn't have a shared context they may have absolutely no idea where i'm coming from and you know that then gets taken out of any shared context that may have been possible yeah yeah i th- i think this misinformation and fake news all of that really tie in and it's like a it's difficult for us to handle with technology is something that truly just needs a cultural understanding and yeah like the cultural shift of what there's only we... so much i think you can do with tech right like you can have an automated fact checking thing but then people need to accept that okay there is a certain fact checking thing that goes and collates a bunch of sources checks across all those sources for a consensus kind of thing and then reports it right it's yeah, and it's there not are also like fear mongers who don't genuinely believe the things that they're sharing but they know that sharing it, certain yeah. types of like uh things that like conspiracy theories or like oh yeah yeah uh, yeah clickbaity uh, clickbaity content and memes will get more traction for their platform and they're willing yeah. to do that uh even if they know it's not true or especially when they know it's not true just because those get shared the most yeah it's i think that that there's i mean i won't say there needs to be a cultural shift or anything you know i think you know there's always going to be idiots and the internet's just given a bigger platform to people who are willing to spread misinformation who are willing to troll who are willing to do you know just i won't say bad but just like kind of stupid things like counterproductive things maybe i feel like fake news and misinformation now is the is at a very similar stage is it is at a very similar stage to viruses and sort of uh, cyber huh. security things that we had perhaps 10 years ago oh uh, like the entire where, the, the entire like uh, deep web scares <laughs> of like 3 4 years not ago not deep webs but just like downloading things from shady websites right. whether it's yeah, screen yeah, yeah. savers or, or whatever yeah. like perhaps not 10 years but maybe closer to 15 20 years ago especially maybe uh but all oh, right like the dark ages <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, genuinely because a lot of it is that cultural understanding that you sort of learn to pick up certain markers that are very indicative of this not being a trustable hmm. source or right, of this yeah. being sarcasm or this being fake and also the the habit of of checking uh which website you're on versus right. like over here like uh perhaps check uh, like fact checking the information that's being uh, shared so it's 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 that sort of cultural shift because right now we don't talk about the the viruses that you can just randomly download as often as we did back then so i feel like yeah that's actually that's that actually a really happen. good that's a, that's a really interesting analogy i didn't think about that but yeah like that that may be a cultural shift that could happen you know with increasing awareness of how fact checking works um but i don't know if it's just cultural right because there's a certain political element to it um in terms of a lot of this alternative facts thing it ties into what people call the right wing movement right like the more conservative um, backing that trump had 
the the fact that a lot of people within his cabinet were sharing alternative facts um and things about, and and opinions on anti-vaccination on um you know on 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 certain issues like that which go against what is established as yeah, like that one's particularly credible. hard to to sort of combat or comprehend uh, too much because it it stems primarily from uh, a lack of belief or trust in mainstream media right now and that I think they don't it, want. it also stems from a sense of opposition like you are defining yourself in opposition to a certain thing right. it's not your de- it's not that you're defining your identity as i am it's defining your identity as i am not them yeah you get what yeah. i mean and and so like the they're positioning themselves as the outsider in a way and so it becomes really difficult to engage fruitfully i'm not saying with everyone like like i'm sure there are tons of people who did support trump who had reasons mm-hmm. and you know they were you could engage with them in like a reasonable debate and understand where they're coming from i'm sure there are loads of people like that but on like as far as memes go this is again just social media just like things i have experienced my point is it, it's really difficult to engage with people like that at times and a lot of this a lot of this thing of misinformation it stems from that outsider outlook what do you think yeah i think this is a lot of that the sort of shift that we're seeing in social media now where it's becoming more and more divisive and bridging the gap is just incredibly hard uh unless both sides or how many other sides there are in the divide are willing to be more open to hear the other op- uh, the other right. side and the opinions of the other side even if they don't don't believe it after hearing it just knowing what the opinions actually are instead of assuming or hearing from yeah. like sources that are like three levels removed and like losing out on a lot of like information nuance, in between right? yeah 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 like losing out on that nuance and not truly being able to understand both sides it becomes really difficult to really connect and have an intention to basically get past this misinformation because right. it requires you to put in some additional effort and be aware of it and also trust the other sources of information that you can get and build your own opinion and doesn't it also like come down to like the limitations of the various platforms that you're having the discourse on like like on twitter you have 280 characters with which to respond to someone yeah how much nuance how much can you really get into 280 characters yeah and, and even like even if your argument is that you can send multiple tweets just nested within each other it's it's such a it's fast a paced social media yeah it's such a fast paced social media like no one really wants to put in more effort than what yeah. w- what the platform actually offers to them it's not some it's not easier on something like facebook either right like cuz facebook again because it's so compartmentalized you have niches for everything so people often stick to their own niche their own echo yeah. chambers and the other thing with facebook is it's a lot lot less anonymous so right. most people are making accounts with their real names their real uh, locations a lot mm-hmm. more information that's truly about them which mm-hmm. is not the case in twitter and through that it just builds very different dynamics so which is why in facebook people start to trust in communities of interest like the ones that you mentioned earlier yeah the- yeah 
the paleontology one like you trust yeah. that community to have genuine insights on science someone might right right trust the mk ultra one which is like a like a huge conspiracy theories but <laughs> you just find people with yeah, similar yeah. mindsets and you trust that community and you sort of hear only that opinion over and over again and that's what right, you right. start believing as the the general opinion that everyone any sane person has yeah it's really interesting right like cuz how much of it is you know that you know that parable of um that you put a frog in cold water and slowly raise the temperature to boiling it won't jump out but if you drop it straight in boiling water it will immediately jump out kind of thing mhm i have heard of that yeah so how much of it is acclimatization to like that environment versus like what your inherent bias is yeah absolutely it's like a thing that happens slowly over a long period of time you're not instantly going down the the deep end of science or conspiracy theories you just hear a little bit about it maybe you're curious and look into it as a joke at first and then slowly over time it just sort of fills up your your feed right uh, there's a lot of other content and documentaries about the way that the social media is like push this information to you because of their uh, like the way their algorithms work for recommendation they just right. start learning patterns about like okay so you're looking more at this so let's feed you more of that because there's a lot of other people with very similar backgrounds who are looking at that kind mm-hmm. of information so you might right. find it interesting yeah and but then also when you request or expect social media companies to be doing the controlling uh, like 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 nitpicking which information should be recommended to you and which shouldn't that also comes with like problems of them defining their politics that they are allowing on their platform and they might yeah. just like straight up block uh, opposing views to this so you end up with instead of divisive groups on a single social media platform like facebook you have a divisive up... platform altogether exactly so that's exactly what like, happened like with parlor, twitter right? par- yeah yeah twitter and parlor and so, and um, there's the other thing of uh, bitshoot There's, there's also there's, the yeah. the indian twitter i forgot what it's called but what yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> all, uh, instead of like when the companies start like uh, exercising their power to sort of control the the politics and uh, yeah. topics that is discussed on their platform the people will just move to a new platform that allows for their topics alone so it becomes even more of a bubble so then what Okay so again I'm not going to ask for a solution but what do you think is like a reasonable way to go about it because we've seen like to go back to our previous episode where we were talking about decentralization we've seen like a rise in popularity around you know concepts of decentralization so do you think something like a user I think we were looking at a social media thing like that right like a user controlled user moderated social network yeah no I yeah. I think I think it's insanely complex uh because hmm. it's like on one hand you do want the ability to be able to connect with like-minded individuals from wherever they are and you but, want some freedom to speak whatever you want to speak no one likes being stifled but yeah. like at the same time i don't know if the owner should be on the company or like the community of people using the platform itself right like where should the moderation lie if it's the company then we're saying that okay we are ceding control to them 
and that doesn't sit right with me um just but it's it, yeah it's also like when we do community how do we pick yeah because uh, there's who, so who, many people right like yeah will we end up with something similar to what happens in the real world with like certain groups or sectors of the community become the ones in power of figuring out what should right. be allowed and what shouldn't be and then and opposing views to that that type of whether they are the wealthy or whether they from one religion or one ethnicity uh that sort of problems also like need to be mitigated so right. it's it's just a complex thing of how to organize uh, an online networking and online uh, discussions it's like a thing of influence as well right like like i don't want to use it in terms of like influencers but that's the closest analog we can get you know people who have influence on social networks just by virtue of being part of the 1% would they not be the default that most companies would look at to moderate not yeah. influencers themselves I, I, but just like fairly popular people like people with substantive followings who echo a certain thing and in that case it just becomes more and more insular right like that's kind of what you were saying i guess you can put some responsibility to them for how they build their communities and what sort of culture they have within their communities but completely shifting moderation onto them i'm not sure if like that is fair and if that will ge- uh, genuinely work so about it genuinely working like i just don't know uh, i don't think i don't believe that the influencers can be made to be equally responsible and let's say if there is uh hate speech or something problematic happening within one community what do you do then what's the sort of uh punishment or the like what happens if someone goes against the rules of the community right like like how how far do we want the ramifications to bleed you know cuz hate speech in the real world is serious like you will get jailed and i'm not talking i'm not talking like hate speech like um you know jokingly calling someone Whatever. you don't need to say like, anything I, i'm not going to say the words obviously but like but like if if you are raising hateful or harmful sentiment against a certain group regardless of whether you're offending someone you can go to jail and it's a serious issue right hate speech yeah. is fairly serious but how far do we want that real life consequence cuz cuz how far do we want to be how far do we want it to bleed into social media cuz we're incre- increasingly seeing that there there is an influence like we talked about the idea of social currency but more than that there is like a serious power that social media has on real life it's it's just there it's it's tangible you know i i don't think i'd be exaggerating when i say like there is a serious yeah. influence it has certainly so how far do we want our real life ramifications and repercussions to bleed into a virtual space because i think that's also kind of um maybe not the core point but it was definitely one of the talking points we had in our previous episode and i think it yeah. this kind of echoes it how far yeah. do we want those ramifications you know and i don't think we have an answer yet like it's, it's we really don't yeah But all that's becoming clear is that this is one of the like the biggest things that uh, we foresee 
that need to be dealt with in the in the very short future this is not something yeah. that's 10 15 20 years ahead this is like what we need to be dealing with now next year absolutely because misinformation is fairly serious like misinformation hate speech all of the stuff festers online and and the problem with it festering online is in real life people will mouth off you know you like you can track someone if they've said something in real life people would have heard it this and that but on the internet you can scrub your presence fairly easily you can anonymize yourself really effectively just through a couple of things it's very easy to anonymize yourself and so in that case how do we how do we hold someone accountable or responsible for their actions for their words if at all we can hey. if at all we have to like a lot of these questions are things exactly. we need to work on the things we need to understand and figure out a way to deal with because it's the like i i'm not going to say this is like the most serious pressing pressing issue and all but it is serious it definitely is it is serious and like there's no way anyone could have spent the last couple of years and not heard about everyone discuss about fake news and how right this is an important uh, thing so we're just echoing the same sentiment and although we don't have answers it's just there are a lot of different approaches and slow steps through awareness that we can be taking and and i think we are but it's it's also you know like there's there's a lot more discourse on those steps itself right like which i don't think yeah. we want to get into but you know so so just to like maybe tie things up leave things off you know like memes have influence i think so they've always had influence i think they've always had this make or break about one's online presence you know the kind of following you get the kind of people you meet memes kind of have always influenced that i don't think there's any denying that but they've they've slowly started bleeding into real influence where you know memes are being memes were used as a critique of the 24 hour news cycle like i said um dogecoin which i think recently got boosted by elon musk was used pre crypto boom pre you know pre like popularity of bitcoin and everything it was being traded in venezuela where there was like a there was like shortage of food stamps and everything people were using dogecoin to buy necessities right. i don't think it was widespread but it was definitely there in certain circles and i think slowly like memes themselves have had this crossover into real life influence and it it comes to the point where i don't think there should be a policing or um, a restriction but there has to be like a way for people to get informed of the context around memes and if there is no context if it is harmful or spreading misinformation outside of whatever shared context people can find then definitely there has to be something done but otherwise do your research guys like i think that's probably the, that's probably where i can leave it off do your research honestly that's a pretty good way to end the episode so yeah so as always or as as of last episode and now this this has been pranav and i'm arvin thanks for listening to dumb dive see you